Could Caden Price be an intriguing option for these Sharks at the back end of the first round? Uh, Sebastian High of Dauber Prospects joins to profile the defenseman, plus talk about some of his favorite players at the end of the first. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor to San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. We are proudly a part of the Locked on Network, where we cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everydayer, just follow along wherever you get podcasts, or you can watch this on YouTube as well. And today we have Sebastian High from uh, the head punch head guy the dude at Dauber prospect so he is on uh to help us profile uh one Caden price so we talk about price we talk about kind of where his fit we talk about a lot of the defensemen in that range too at the end and then um you know kind of which ones he likes there as well and then we talk about kind of his favorite guys at the end of the the first round so end of the first round beginning the second round type of guys so um yeah let's get into it and now we bring in Sebastian High, the head, headest of head, the grand poobah of scouts at Dauber Prospects, also the host of the Puck and Roll podcast. Sebastian, welcome to Locked on Sharks, finally making your Locked on Sharks debut. How's it going, buddy? Thanks so much for having me on. It's been in the works for a little while, so I'm glad that we're finally getting to it now. Yes, so we are going to be talking about uh, one one player, I think you you said you were interested. I kind of gave you another couple guys, and you 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 jumped on this guy, Caden uh, Price. Who, if you don't know who Caden Price is, uh, defenseman for uh, Kiwana and the WHL, six foot one, one hundred and eighty one pounds, uh, sixty five games this year, had five goals, thirty five assists, with one hundred and thirty shots on goal. And as I ask everybody, what makes Caden Price such an intriguing prospect? Caden Price is really toolsy and really young. It kind of boils, boils down to those two points. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one of the younger players in the draft class. Uh, he is a, let me just check the birthday just to be 100% sure. I think yeah, he's so, August, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's an August birthday. So uh, late August as well. So he, he, he's less than a month away from the cutoff. Uh, so that's already a, a good start for Prospect being young for the draft class. And... Uh, <laughs> While he can frustrate scouts, to put it lightly, his tools are exceptional. He is a mm-hmm. great skater. Uh, he has He's one of the more fluid defensemen in the entire draft in terms of mobility in, in all four directions. He covers a ton of ice in transition. Uh, typically in transition, he defends it quite, I guess, in a static way where he just kind of like tracks the, the forward and matches them and kind of just waits for them to make a move before actually doing anything but in the moments where he does like actually closes gaps it's really impressive it's quite aggressive and he does it with tremendous pace and the forwards often don't have time to react before he closes that gap which is awesome to see because he can't do it it's just a consistency issue with him uh on top of that he's a very strong passer uh in offensive transition he has some really bright flashes in the breakout 
Uh, he drives a, a high rate of zone exits. He's not very involved in terms of generating entries, but that can still come. And it's also a bit Kelowna system there where defensemen aren't the most active in transition. Uh, but yeah, so he, he has all these tools. He hasn't quite put them together in the offensive zone just yet. Uh, he's quite hesitant to activate beyond the hash marks. But mm. with the puck on his stick, he flashes some deception. And again, with him, it's all about flashes. There are flashes of some quite brilliant things where you think, oh, wow, he he could be like one of the top three defensemen in the draft class for like a shift. And in the mm. rest of the game, you're like, Where's the I don't guy? know if I can rationalize picking him <laughs> top 50. And that's a kid that, that's an issue when you have that yep. discrepancy between those, the, those two sentiments. And I, I watched another game of his today just in, in prep for this and to make sure I was happy with it. And it was a game from the U18s, the first U18s game of prices that I'd watched. And it was, it was Caden Price. Uh, and he actually looked pretty good in, the, like, in terms of that, that defensive core because the rest was also pretty brutal, which meant that at least he had flashes of good, mm-hmm. which you couldn't really say for every player on that blue line. But uh, he, he's a fun one. I, I, I can't say he's my favorite player to scout just because he can be a bit frustrating. But in terms of players that get me excited in terms of ceiling, like pure raw ceiling, Price is up there. I, I think on my final board, he's going to fall outside my first round. Uh, mm-hmm. After Today was my, my last viewing of him for the season, and I, I think I'm going to have him around 40. Uh, mm-hmm. However, there are around 50 players, in my view, in this draft class that are first-round talents. So if it were last year, he probably would have cracked my top 32. But this time around, there's there are players with similar upside uh that are just a lot less uh scary to me to have in a first round ranking than Caden Price. So it sounds one he's very young um yes. and two is a consistency thing right and that that's just is it just something where you think where you're expecting maybe a little bit longer development path of him where it's going to like he's going to spend the next two to three years um, in the WHL. He's probably going to spend two years in, in the AHL before he even sniffs the NHL. Yeah. But if, if everything kind of comes together, this might be one of those guys where like, how did he end up at 40 or 50 or wherever he gets picked? For sure. I mean, uh, he could definitely make me look a bit dumb. And uh, Vincent's Roar did the same thing last year. I yeah. I watch a ton of Roar because I'm based in Ottawa. So I go to, to a ton of their of their games. But uh, I watched like 20 games of Roar in his draft year, and I just I was never fully convinced. But he was the youngest player in that draft class, and this year he's made me look not the smartest uh, with how he's <laughs> developed. And it's like okay, gonna store that in my mind, make sure that I'm gonna learn from it. So I think if it had been last year, I maybe would have overcorrected on price and maybe ranked him lower. But now because Roar scarred me a little bit, I'm like. I'm going to drop him to 40, but not like 50. I need to have him in that top 40 range. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of question marks. And again, the age thing, the development curve, it it adds so much, I guess, mystery to his projection because I think we'll learn a ton in the next year. Like mm-hmm. within the next year, you're going to have a pretty solid feel for what he might, might be as a prospect, I think. Uh, just with an extra year to kind of just paint his trajectory and how it's going from here. But as things stand, it, I can understand why a team would pick him at 20. And I'd understand why no team would pick him until 60. So he's one of the players in that like top 50 for me that are all first-round talents. 
he's one of the ones where I'd be most understanding of teams like being like freaking out about actually like betting a full like top 50 draft pick on him. Uh, whereas a lot of other players like uh, are just a little bit more certain or, and not even just in terms of like, like NHL certainty in terms of them hitting the NHL, but more certainty in what they even project to be like stylistically or in terms of role. And with price, it's a ton of question marks. I think a team with a strong development staff would love to add him uh, because he is a bit of a blank canvas right now. He has that skating. He has the reach. He has the mobility, the passing ability, but Mm -hmm. whether you want to transform him into an offensive defenseman, I think he has the tools for, he's a good shot. Um, He just, he's very hesitant to really activate offensively. And then defensively, there are some really bright flashes, but there just isn't much consistency. There's oftentimes where he will hyper fixate on the primary threat and completely miss secondary and tertiary threats behind him, which isn't ideal, but, (laughs) but that's the fun thing with price is you have this kind of blank canvas. So I also think it really matters which team picks them. I think if a team, like the right I mean, wing, that's most players, to be honest, right? It's oh, very of important. course, but like yes. especially, especially with a player as raw as uh, as Price is, mm-hmm. like I think a team like 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 Detroit has done phenomenally well with raw defensemen. So look at like Shai Buyam or um, uh, William Wallinder. Those are two players that in their draft years were like pretty risky, and where it's like, okay, yeah, there's upside here, but there's a ton yeah. of risk. They're so raw. They need so much refinement in their habits and, and 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 there are a lot of issues like foundational in their games. And Detroit was like, eh, we'll take the risk. And both those players are looking a lot better now than 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 they were projecting to become. So uh I think if he lands in Detroit, that's one thing. Um San Jose, I I haven't fully got my finger on what the new organization with a new look is gonna be like. <laughs> Uh, so you and me, buddy. Me it's and a bet. Me. It'd be a yeah. bet to take, right? Yeah. It'd be a bet to take. But on the other hand, if it were a team like uh, who doesn't develop great, uh, Vancouver, Vancouver, I wouldn't be as confident yes. uh, in in Price's projection. But I, th- I think in San Jose, it would be a swing. And I'm very curious to see how they draft this year because uh, last year's San Jose draft was really wacky to me. I didn't understand. Like some picks I liked a lot, but as a whole, I just didn't understand how that draft class came from one scouting staff. Uh, But hey, I mean, historically, San Jose drafts well and develops decently. So it could work out. I just, uh, yeah, Caden Price is a massive question mark. And I'd be be fascinated if a team picks him in the first round. All right, guys, before we continue with uh, Sebastian. We talk about uh, kind of prices fit. We talk about some of the other defensemen in the draft class and where he kind of stacks up with them. Um, Do need to take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our friends over at eBay motors and you guys know for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same one coming to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with the eBay guaranteed fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. 
Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors, you don't have to worry. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. So after all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guarantee fit only available to us customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. So you, you talk about how him being kind of a, a blank slate and you can kind of mold him. Um, and you've talked about his skating and stuff. So what do you think is the one kind of most projectable skill for him? What do you think is going to be the, the thing that he rides to, to, to playing in the NHL? I would say it's the amount of ground that he covers. And I would say that, in terms of mobility, but also anticipation. Mm -hmm. uh, he, I think he has the upside to be a really high-end transition defender. He just hasn't shown that consistently at all. But the flashes of his transition defending are probably the brightest in the entire draft class, barring Dmitry Simashev, in my view. Mm -hmm. uh, would even rival David Reinbacher in terms of transition defending. Um, and again, it's cherry-picking. It's, it's, it's really a few yeah. instances of this per game rather than a consistent thing. But uh, when he covers that ground, he, he can close those gaps with such ferocity and he's quite deceptive as well in how he redirects the momentum. So he can close like half the gap before the forward even realizes that a gap is being closed just based off of his body positioning and, and his, the angling of his hips. But uh, I, I would say that would be one foundational thing just because it, would, it also, I think, would unlock a lot for him in transition as a carrier. As of right now, he's mainly a passer in transition, but with his powerful stride, his mobility, and the way that he can weave deception into every action, I think that is what would be his defining characteristic in the NHL. And again, it's all about applying that one thing to different areas, right? Yep. So offensively, if he can start to like walk the blue line in possession of the puck and and like try to like shift defensive structures and then using his passing ability to exploit holes that his mobility creates now you're getting into something really really interesting uh but i think that's that, that's what i would focus on would be uh, of building tools that complement his mobility and his reach and uh his length as a whole uh but Again, I think teams could have a lot of different options there. So mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't even have to go down that route, which is kind of the fun thing with drafting Caden Price. So, I mean, you you mentioned, right, is would be in a blank mold. I mean, where do you kind of see him ending up if kind of a typical development path for him? You know, not a Red Wings team gets him, but, you yeah. know, just one of us, us jabroni teams who yeah. are hit and miss. Where do you kind of see him ending up as? Do you see him ending up as like a kind of middle pairing defenseman who maybe tantalizes you, but you always feel like you're just kind of, there's like one more step he needs to take, but he just never kind of reaches it? I would say like, if he doesn't get the development that could unlock the really high ceiling, mm -hmm. I would say he's either going to be number four or number six, which I okay. rarely say. I just, I think that whichever pairing he'll be on, he will need someone to insulate him uh, and, or just support and, and, and I guess enable him to play his style, which whatever style that becomes at the NHL level. Uh, so I, I'd say if you're lucky, he becomes a four. If you're less lucky, a really mobile and sometimes electrifying number six, uh, who could maybe power play a second power play, uh, could be a second power play unit. Um, but yeah, I guess that would be my bet at this point in time. But I know some other scouts are a bit more bullish on on him than I am. 
uh, like Hattie Kalakesh, for instance, is, is a lot, is, likes price a lot. And in in our Dauber prospect meetings, it was always Hattie that was banging the table to have Caden Price in our first round. Uh, and I, and I I always conceded because I I don't feel as strongly about Caden, Caden Price, and I see the upside, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm a little bit more skeptical personally. All right, so the Sharks already have uh, a thousand left-handed defensemen prospects. Yeah. Uh, so what's one more? Where I know they've added, you know, guys like Muga Madulin, who's uh, granted much further along on, a, on his pro- on his development path. They've added, you know, they have guys like Knizhov and, um, you know, Thrun, who you know made his NHL debut last season, and you have guys like Gin Larock, who showed some promise before his injury. Where yeah. do you, if the Sharks do draft him, where would he kind of fit in with their prospect pool? You think? Mukba Dolan still one, one prospect. I still haven't gotten a read on uh, after all these years. <laughs> Nobody I has. I didn't have a read on him in his draft year. I don't have a read on him now. The production in the AHL was awesome. I've watched him play, and I still have a lot of question marks. Uh, so not dissimilar to Caden Price in some ways. Where I just, <laughs> is he just the Canadian quest- version of Mukba Dolan? <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously he's smaller. Like Mukba yeah. Dolan's like he's like a monster, six foot six. Yeah, he's, he's, he's big. He's very tall. He's very very tall. Uh, I've been told you can't teach height, so that's he, what I've been apparently, told. Apparently, apparently, yeah. but I would I would say he'd probably fall in ahead of Henry Thrun, uh, ahead of Gannon Larock. I'd, I'd probably put him ahead of Mukamadul. Eh. Nah, put him one coin coin flip between the two, but I'd side Mukamadul in just because he's proven more at this point. Uh, and I, even though I have, I have the same amount of questions as ever, he's shown AHL production and Caden Price hasn't yet, obviously, because he's draft eligible. But uh, coin flip because they're not stylistically similar, but in terms of like my read as a scout, no clue with either one. That's fair. I mean, Mukmadulan, uh, but I I mean I watch Mukmadulan, granted, not a scout, just just an idiot uh who hosts this dumb podcast. But like watching Mukmadulan from when he first arrived on the Barracuda to like the end of the season, like you just saw you saw vast improvements. Just I think For it was sure. more of a, a confidence thing. And uh, I expect him full off season in San Jose, like full season. I expect to he will be probably pushing for an NHL job by the end of next year, just because mm-hmm. one, the Sharks defense core is uh, Eric Carlson and a bunch of other dudes, uh, even <laughs> if Eric Carlson's there for much longer. But um, I think they're going to give him a shot at, at some point soon because you want to see what your shiny new toy is. So um, I guess my, my kind of last question is, I mean, before we kind of get into a bigger conversation about the draft and stuff is, um, I mean, there's a lot of these dudes in this kind of, defensive pool in this area like how do you kind of sort them out i mean i know i'm from what it sounds like he i have plenty of other guys who i would kind of you know your dragon savages your um even like a guy like a bonk or tanner mullen like how would you kind of sort these guys out here i'm just gonna sort my ranking by defenseman Mm -hmm. and let's see what i've got um yeah so right now caden price is my eighth defenseman ranked um and even though he's at 43 at the moment uh okay uh, i'm not the biggest fan of oliver bonk personally in terms of nhl upside i think he's going to be a bottom pairing defensive presence he's you know exactly what you're getting from him yeah exactly like 
and that depends on the scout of how much you value that and, mm-hmm. and and how much you think you could, I guess, stretch that upside limit of if you could get him to be a, a shut down second pairing guy, yep. that value compounds, right? If you can get that up from third to second pairing. Yep. Um, I think he's going to be a bottom pairing guy. That's good defensively. All his production this season came from the power play and shots from the point, basically. I uh, really haven't seen much offensive upside personally, uh, though I know some other scouts have seen more, uh, more of him, like more games and also more upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just my my own read. Uh, so I wouldn't be considering him this high. Uh, Tanner Molendyke is um, a tremendous skater, like elite level skater, probably like top five or seven skaters in the entire draft class. Yep. Awesome. And that's kind of where it ends for me. I I, I love the skating. Uh, I think he relies on it too much. I think I think he built he built an entire game not to complement the skating, but to I guess rely on the skating. Mm-hmm. And that scares me a lot. All right, guys. Before we finish up and we talk about kind of some of uh, Sebastian's favorite players at the back end of. the First, um, do want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Sharks your first listen. We are proudly a part of the Lockdown Network where we cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everyday or just come back tomorrow, uh, we're going to be talking Will Smith and kind of digging deeper into Will Smith and why it makes sense for Mike Greer to go in this direction. What type of player these Sharks are going to be getting if everything that's pointing the way it says that Will Smith's going to be the pick at number four. If it's trending that way, we'll, we're going to dig into Will Smith some more tomorrow. So uh, just make sure you guys are following along uh, wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. Some names I'd be considering in that range would be uh, Dmitry Simashev, if he's available, I'd be banging the table for. I know basically all public scouts are on the wagon at this point. Uh, and, and we are, as a collective, hyping up Dmitry Simashev, which I'm very happy to see. Uh, apart from that, like Tom Volander is going to go top 15. Uh, Ryan Bucker is probably going top 10. If you want to swing on upside and you don't want to go Caden Price, swing on Mikhail Gulyayev. Like another left handed defenseman, another left- <laughs> and, and an- an- another defenseman who's really frustrating defensively, yes. yep. but. He's 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 the best skater among all defensemen in the draft class, which is saying something because there are some really mobile player like defensemen in, the, in this class. Um, he's really fun offensively, great playmaker, pushes the pace, elite MHL player. Mm-hmm. Had a few games in pro and was okay, I guess, in like his three minute games. Uh, yeah. But he'd be fun if you if you were going for a right shot defenseman. The two names that I'd be bringing up personally would not be Lucas Dragasevich uh, for even worse defensive. Qualms. Oh, I, my whole theory or it's defenses for nerds uh, go score a bunch of points. Uh, so then Dragasevich is, is your right guy. I mean, yes. if that's what you want. I, I love Eric Carlson. I love if my, if you, if your your best defense is to keep the puck, the puck out of your own zone and just go play offense. That's totally cool with me. The Drag- okay, well, is- <laughs> I mean, I still have questions about, Dragasevich's actual offensive tools, which I haven't really seen being that high end, weirdly, with the production. Uh, But the two right shot defensemen I'd be, I guess, uh, pulling for would be uh, more second round range than first, but but Mm -hmm. still uh, would be Matthew Mania and Aaron Manishan. These are two players that play quite chaotic styles in the offensive zone. 
just have confidence to try things. Uh, That's but, right up my but, alley. <laughs> but they have, they, have, they have tools to complement yeah. that style. And they have habits to facilitate that and to mitigate risk. So Manishan is is the only really interesting defenseman in the NTDP this season, uh, in my view. Uh, I like him in the early second round. Uh, he's kind of like a Seamus Casey light. Uh, he does a lot of the same things. He's he's really daring offensively. He will cycle behind the opposing net. Uh, he's trying to always change angles and find new passing lanes. I love him. I, it hurts me that I don't have him the first round right now. I just there are too many players to rank, and yes. I have a problem. Uh, <laughs> but in my in my heart, Manishan is in the first round. Uh, I just I haven't quite been able to rationalize it physically yet. Uh, and Matthew Mania uh, is. He's a, he's a really interesting one because he, he plays for Sudbury. So uh, I just, he caught my eye when I was scouting Quentin Musty. Yep. And uh, he's, I think he caught the eye of a lot of scouts this season while scouting Quentin Musty. And uh, he's he's chaos incarnate. And he, so he fits his name, Matthew Mania, and he's chaos. The branding like, alone is worth it. Is exactly. Worth the right. You're, you're, you're drafting it for the merchandising. The yeah. The exactly. merchandising. <laughs> but, but he's really fun. Uh, he, he has some really bright flashes of like solo rushes and really testing his skill because I think at the beginning of the season, I don't think he realized how skilled he was. And then people were like telling him like, you're really good at hockey, like try things. And then he's yeah. done it and he's doing it pretty well. And, uh, he's been a big part of the reason that Sudbury really bounced back in the second half of the season, uh, coincided with the coaching change. He was also getting a lot more minutes after that, that shift. And uh, yeah, he, he he's fun defensively, a bit inconsistent, a bit like Manishan. I'd, I'd say Manishan is a bit stronger defensively than Manishan is. Uh, also, he's, he plays a more physical game by a lot, and mm-hmm. Manishan is also really poised, like under pressure. Doesn't like not a single sweat on his forehead. Like he mm-hmm. he he's not phased by any pressure that he can see. Uh, sometimes back pressure where he doesn't scan for it can catch him off guard, but. He's not one to panic under pressure, which is also a really fun thing to have for a player that that is daring offensively, that that, that they aren't phased by that pressure. Uh, so he'd be a swing I'd, I'd take in the early second. I think the upside there is high for a second pairing defenseman, right shot. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, he's a fun one. He's he's my my top OHL defenseman uh, at the moment, but. It's entire group that's pretty tight with Cam Allen and Hunter Bruce Davids and Bo Aiki and Oliver Bonk is a tier below in my view, but yeah. but he's in the conversation too. But uh, those would be, be my right shot defenseman bets in that range. I know I like Bo Aiki. I think it's uh, I think next year you're going to see a big jump, especially when you don't have uh, you're not giving up minutes to. Uh, uh, what's his name? Brad Clark. Yeah, Clark, yeah. Clark who's uh, very good at hockey himself. He's but, yeah. pretty good at hockey. Yeah. I, uh, so I've been told as a Sharks fan, who's going to have to live with Clark for the next 15 <laughs> years in the division. So um, what are some of your other favorite? I mean, you gave us a ton of, of defensemen. Um, just what guys kind of get your, your juices flowing here at the end of the first uh, beginning of the second guys that you're like that. If I'm taking a swing, I'm going down swinging with this guy. Uh, I mean, Jaden Perron would be one of those guys for me. I, mm-hmm. I've been on the Perron train the entire season. Um, our friend Hattie also very. Oh, much I know. Oh, <laughs> Hattie, Hattie likes Perron even more than I do. Uh, Hattie's driving that. Hattie Perron really bus, likes yeah. Jaden Perron. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, he's fallen outside my, my top ten. Uh, but we're talking about a late first rounder here, so that's that's yep. okay. Uh, and he's tremendously intelligent. Uh, and. 
he's one in terms of anticipating play and his his off puck offensive movement in the uh, is second to Connor Bedard in this and Matt Mitchkov maybe like like he he's really up there in this draft yeah. class in terms of he his his offensive uh, routes to lose to, to to lose pucks or to open space they're so diverse he always uh, finds a way to edge out the opposition and win a race. Uh, he's a really good skater. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's not quite elite, uh, which I guess is one little question mark because he is undersized. Yeah. Uh, but he, he he's really up there for me. And he, on top of that, like he he's really improved his shot this season. He's become a real power play goal scoring threat on top of being a high end playmaker. Uh, his handling is high end. He's really tenacious, great defensively. There aren't many things that he can't do well, uh, and that's oh, something that I big. bet on. Yeah, yeah. like I, so. I, I would bet on that profile. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, I take that and run. I guess a couple other guys. Um, I mean, yeah, like Gavin Brindley, who I'm sure we've all talked about a lot, uh, yes. but more intense than uh, than Perron, even um, mm-hmm. not quite as skilled, but more projectable. A uh, really fun player. I have him ranked 13th. So if you can get him late first, that's amazing. Andrew Crystal, again, super intelligent, undersized. He's horrible defensively. Uh, really bad. Uh, but the offensive flashes are ridiculous. The production yep. is absurd. Uh, he'd be another guy I, I'd I'd be banging the table for uh, in the late first round, especially if you want to. If you're rebuilding, you need skill. Like. You take Crystal if you want that skill. Uh, and in terms of another two guys who are perhaps not as high profile, that who are some of like my my guys that I just personally love? Um, okay, I'm gonna go with with, with two of my own Swedes that I, ha- I have ranked. I have them ranked 31st and 37th. Uh, so not quite bang the table in the late first, but like bang the table in the early second, maybe. Especially if you got pick 36 somewhere in that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So those two guys are Anton Wahlberg and Felix Ungerserum. I love these players. Uh, Anton Wahlberg uh, really is a late riser. Uh, mm-hmm. He he had his first real SHL stint at the at the very end of the season, and uh, that's where he kind of popped off uh, in junior hockey. Like most Swedish draft eligible players that get sent down to the J twenty in their draft year, yeah, he wasn't overly invested. And again, that is kind of the norm uh, with with players that get sent down because again, we're not. Ta- it's not like in junior hockey in Canada where it's like, oh, this is your team you're playing for. It's oh, this is your draft season. You have a shot to be playing professional hockey in the top three league yeah. in the world. Oh, but you're not. But you're close to. You're close to being good enough. But you're not. And now you have to go play J20 hockey, which is a lot less intense, yeah. uh, not at the level of the CHL. Uh, so you're not as invested in that season and you're not as motivated. Uh, but when Anton Wahlberg got, got called up to Malmö, Ooh, he, uh, was flashing a lot of really, really interesting things. He's six foot three. Uh, he's a machine. Like he, he, he can bulldoze through professional players. Uh, he's really middle driven. He has a really good release, like from, from medium range, he's deadly mm-hmm. gets it off really quickly, uh, which, which is also great. So, uh, he's got a couple goals as the bumper, uh, with the U18 team for Sweden. And he was very effective in that role. Like, like he finds space very well. He does little micro adjustments to improve his angle. 
Uh, he gets open, he keeps his stick on the ice. Uh, he can body away opposition to make some room for himself. Like he, he's quite effective in that role. And he's also really skilled. He has great hands. Uh, and he's a plus level skater on top of that with his size. Uh, so he had flashes this season where he goes end to end and he is a bulldozer. No one has a chance of stopping him. Uh, and, and he's doing it in quite a fluid way. It's not like he's lumbering over yeah. the ice, right? But he, he, he's, he's weaving through, but powerfully and cuts to the net, roofs it, nice, easy goal. Uh, he's really impressive. Mike Beard just passed out watching. <laughs> yeah, like, I I really like Anton Valberg, and I I don't think he's getting quite the recognition that he deserves. Uh, he's probably going to stick in my first round uh, in my final rankings, and he's also very young for the draft class. So uh, he's a July birthday. So that's another thing mm. that adds to it, uh, especially considering that he was playing some pretty good hockey in the SHL this season, uh, and his in terms of like his uh expected goals uh like per 60 at even strength and his production per 60 as, as a whole in the shl it's all around uh leo carlson level the sample's tiny small sa- really small sample <laughs> it's like 15 games so yeah. big big asterisk there not yeah. not going out here saying anton Wahlberg is leo carlson no uh but i do think he's being underrated and i i think there's even a chance that in a year's time, I regret not ranking him higher because mm-hmm. I am clued into him being really, really, really good. But again, there are too many good players in this draft class. Uh, yeah, so he's fun for upside. And if you want a almost slam dunk middle six energy winger uh, who drives great like advanced stats and has really impressive playmaking to boot, mm-hmm. Felix Ungersorum is your guy. Uh, he has he's had some of the best. Uh, junior playmaking metrics in this entire draft class uh, in terms of like, like pass the slot for 60 and that's all awesome. Uh, and the eye test totally supports that. Uh, he constantly shifts angles and uh, uh, opens up lanes uh, constantly. He's taking delays when he has the puck and uh, he's shifting the pace, trying to just create separation from the defense. So that's all great things to see. And again, awesome motor, uh, really refined defensive game. Uh, he, he's also played a lot of SHL games this season. And there he's always just been a defensive guy. And that, that's been it. But to be just a defensive guy, and he is an, he's a September 14th birthday, last day before the cutoff. Uh, and he's playing as a, a defensive stalwart in the SHL already. Uh, and then in junior hockey, he's really flashing the playmaking. So I think there's a higher upside with him than a lot of people might realize. And I'm seeing a lot of people rank him in like the fourth and fifth rounds. And I have him at the top of my second and I'm feeling pretty confident about it. Uh, we, there's a couple of us public scouts that are really, really high on him. And uh, he'd be a fun one. Again, I'm saying this in my high second. If you're drafting him, you can probably get him in the fourth round. So I would do that personally. Sharks have multiple fourth round picks. All right. We'll get you out of your last two questions. Uh, one, where does Caden Price go in the draft? Pick a spot. Oh, that one hurts. Um, I would say he goes early second round. I think in the first round, teams are going to be a bit too hesitant uh, to, to draft a player with as much risk as Caden Price. Uh, but I would say he goes between 33 and 37 would be my, my guess. Oh, that's right in Sharks territory. And then uh, five years from now, I'm still doing this podcast because I can't find anybody to replace me. Who is the best 
non-Connor Bedard player in the draft? Five years. Uh, uh, I mean, it's between two names. It's Fantilli or Mitchkov. Uh, I'd probably side Fantilli. I think I think Mitchkov. Uh, I, I think Fantilli is gonna gonna top out earlier than Mitchkov. So I think if it were like seven or eight years, it might be a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. But I think five years at the age of twenty three. I'd give it to Fantilli for sure. Oliver Bonk weeping right now. For uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Sebastian, thank you so much. Uh, where can the people find you? Everything I do is on Twitter. Uh, like I, I, I tweet excessively. Uh, so you can just follow me there uh, for, well, excessive tweets and any updates uh, of things that I am doing. Uh, go follow Dubber Prospects. Um, go check out the Dubber website. We're going to have uh, our top 100 rankings out hopefully within the next week uh so definitely keep your eyes open for that uh but i'll also be retweeting that on my own personal twitter account so at high underscore sebastian is is where you find me uh on twitter and uh yeah that's kind of where you find everything that i do thanks so much buddy we'll talk to you again soon